0: Hello, this is Pastor Corey Ehrman. You're listening to my podcast. I hope it blesses, encourages, and inspires you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will touch you through this teaching. Thank you for tuning in, and God bless. The message that I'm going to speak today is about the end times, but I'm going to speak on deception. This will be a message on warning of deception in the end times. Let's go to Matthew chapter 24, verses 1 through 14. I'm going to read from the Amplified. Jesus departed from the temple area and was going on his way when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to the buildings of the temple and point them out to him. But he answered them, do you see all these things? Truly, I tell you, there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. While he was seated on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately and said, tell us, when will this take place? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end, the completion and consummation of the age? Now, the key word there is age. Not end of the world, but end of the age. That's a time period that's coming to an end. It has a beginning, it has an end, okay? Jesus answered them, be careful that no one misleads you, deceiving you, leading you into error. The the first and foremost warning about the last days was deception, people being misled, people being led into error, for many will come in my name appropriating the name which belongs to me saying I am the Christ the Messiah and they will lead many astray and you will hear of wars rumors of wars see that you're not frightened or troubled for this must take place so it's unavoidable you know there are certain things you just can't pray away but what you do is you pray to be positioned divinely by God to overcome and to walk in victory See that you're not frightened or troubled, for this must take place. But the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in places after place, in place after place. But this, all this, is but the beginning, the early pains of the birth pains of the intolerable anguish. So these are just birth pains, the beginning of the birth pains. Something is about to be birthed. And what happens when a birth takes place one season one age comes to an end and another one begins you baby nine months pregnancy now the birth has taken place it's a different stuff if it's a different time that has begun so that's what he's talking about something's gonna happen something's gonna be birth and what is he referring to obviously the end of the age and his coming right then they will hand you over to suffer affliction and tribulation and put you to death And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake and then many will be offended and repelled and will begin to distrust and desert him whom they ought to trust and obey and will stumble and fall away betray one another and pursue one another with hatred what a terrible scenario that he's describing people being offended people distrust uh, people stumbling falling away betrayal pursuing people with hatred and many false prophets will rise up and deceive and lead many into error so false prophets will do what they will deceive and lead into error the very first warning he 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 gave be careful that no one misleads you deceiving you leading you into error and then he says there will be many false prophets or many false prophecies or just words that are spoken saying it's the lord but it's not the lord And what happens, unfortunately, is for people who don't know the word, who are not grounded in the word, and who don't have teachers, and who don't have leaders, and who don't have the right covering, will easily be misled and deceived. And that's what's happening with many because they're not grounded on on the word. They don't know because the Bible tells us to test the spirits. And how do you test the spirits you test the spirits by the word of god because the holy spirit will never speak anything that is contrary to the word of god so there's what we refer to as sound doctrine and and the problem we have is churches have gotten away from doctrine because they think doctrine is boring doctrine is un, is not necessary and so people don't have the meat of the word which is sound doctrine to help them to be firmly grounded in the truth so that they are on the unshakable foundation so that when the winds of doctrine come as book of ephesians chapter 4 warns about that people will be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine so these winds of doctrines or teachings or prophecies or whatever revelations and so forth uh, come people are tossed to and fro why because they're not grounded in the word and that also comes in the context of the fivefold ministry because right before that it says for God gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some pa- uh, evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints, yes. to equip the saints and to build up and edify the body of Christ. So, so what, what, they, what, what happens is people who are not under proper spiritual authority, and people who are not grounded in the truth and people who are not connected to the body of christ because the verse right after that in ephesians 4 11, talks about being joined together in the body so when you are separated when you're not undercover under authority when you're not in a place of good solid teaching of the word that's one of the things that we really 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 uh, endeavor to do here that's one of the things that's a pillar of this church preaching and teaching of the word that's what's going to keep people grounded that's what's going to keep people um, in the truth that's what's going to keep people from being tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine many false prophets will rise up and deceive and lead many into error and the love of the great body of people will grow cold because of the multiplied lawlessness and iniquity but he of course she also who endures to the end will be saved And this good news of the kingdom, the gospel, will be preached throughout the world, the whole world, as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So one of the things we're dealing with in the church world is a lot of false doctrine, a lot of false revelations, a lot of false teaching that's coming in. And as pastors, we deal with it almost on a weekly basis. We have to, a lot of times when you come here, you're going to have to unlearn some things. How many of you had to unlearn some things coming here? absolutely but if you don't want to unlearn you want to hold on to some pet doctrine you got somewhere else picked up somewhere that is really not in line with the Word of God you're gonna have a hard time because that's gonna cause not only confusion but it's also gonna cause a place for the enemy to gain access into your life with deception because false doctrine error always leads to deception and one of the things that we've dealt with since coming here you know. course I had to deal with it as we travel around the world too but here when we came and it was kind of interesting to me an evangelist friend of mine messaged me and I don't really have much of a relationship with the guy I met him a couple of times I mean I same friend just really an acquaintance and then he saw that we were coming to West Palm Beach Florida you know five years ago now almost of course next month we're going to be celebrating our five-year anniversary um, and he messaged me and he said you're going to have a you're going to have a great ministry great church because you're a good teacher of the word and I thought that's interesting yes I'm a teacher of the word. I love to teach the word I mean I I mean I remember you know I I started out in the ministry really as an evangelist uh, sort of a a revivalist and then I remember 2000 the year 2000 January when we launched the Bible school in Istanbul Turkey I actually launched it in the living room of my one-bedroom apartment and uh, packed people like sardines in a can. 45 students sitting in my living room. I put two cardboard boxes on top of each other and put a bed, white bed sheet over it. That was my pulpit and I began to teach him. Because we were just renting a hotel ballroom for the church at the, at the moment. And I told everybody, take off your shoes, make yourself comfortable. And I said, okay, put your shoes back on. No, i But I remember I stood, I stood there in that makeshift pulpit made from cardboard boxes and a white sheet, and I opened my mouth as I was praying, and I felt an anointing fell on me, and I knew that I knew at that moment it was a unique, different anointing I'd never helped, felt before. And I began to teach like a man possessed by the Holy Ghost. I mean, I, the word just began to come, the clarity, the teaching. I knew that I knew at that moment a teaching anointing came on me. Because God's called me to be an apostle and a teacher so when Paul says he's I've been called to be an apostle and a teacher I relate to that that resonates in my spirit that's my calling apostles build structures they build churches they establish vision and pioneer things and and then it's going to be a multifaceted ministry they want to get their hands on everything I'm not satisfied just doing one thing. It's always going to be, this church is always going to be multifaceted and we're just getting started. Literally, we're just getting started. You haven't seen anything yet. But I'm also a teacher. I have, a, I have an anointing and a calling to teach. And I know that the teaching anointing, the teaching mantle fell on me that day. And I've been teaching Bible school for many, many, many years. And so this evangelist acquaintance, let's say, he messaged me. He said, I believe, you know, you're going to West Palm Beach, uh, You come into America, you've been out there in the Middle East and Europe, you come in here, and God's going to really use you because you're a great teacher of the word. And he said, I actually listened to your messages. I'm like, wow, I didn't even realize that. And then, um, and I thought it was kind of odd. Teaching? Not because of the power of God, revival, move of the Holy Ghost, but teaching? Then we came and we started the church, and it hit me. It hit me. It was like a sledgehammer. I knew that I knew exactly what he was talking about. I was shocked. I shouldn't have been, but I was. How little word people had here in America. And I'm talking about people who've been in churches, some of them even their whole life. I mean, I, we have people that come here. They tell me, I've learned more in one month than I did in 10 years in the other place I was at. How is that possible? Because we teach the word. We don't back down from sound doctrine. That is, is absolutely essential you cannot build the kingdom and build the church without sound doctrine you have to have the pillars because that's what builds your faith and because of the lack of sound doctrine in many people's lives they're tossed to and fro especially in this modern day prophetic movement in america it's it is so crazy what's going on And, and most people don't even realize it you know what, what what's called to be this so-called prophetic most of the prophetic movement is very tainted because it's carried by people who are tainted they don't submit to authority and usually most of this stuff is propagated in so-called prophetic house groups by a bunch of disgruntled offended people birds of a feather that flock together they just won't go to a local church won't submit to any authority won't submit to a pastor won't be accountable and they just all want to have their own ministry and they want to gather and and then or they want to run around and and they think that it's the prophetic is just giving everybody words and they literally live by visions and dreams and 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 i hear the visions and the dreams they have and i'm like are you serious have you lost your mind have you been lobotomized where did you get that did you suck that out of the book of imaginations And it's just because they don't have sound doctrine. Because there is a litmus test. Everything must be tested. you got to test the spirits. And the only way to test some word somebody gives you, number one, you need to understand, first of all, how God leads you. God doesn't lead you with visions and dreams. Can he speak through visions and dreams? Absolutely, of course, 100%. But he leads you by the Holy Spirit that is within. And prophecy is not information. It's confirmation. So if, if you get some... Word out of left field. Kick it right back to left field where it belongs. I've gotten some of the craziest words in my life. I was preaching in Bulgaria. I was actually having my own fire conference. And there was a Brazilians there. A couple of Brazilian missionaries on the flaky side. The real flaky ones. The real, real. I mean, like... And, and the lady just kept get, screaming, ah! in the meeting, look at my hands do you see the gold dust and I looked at it I said what are you talking about I see it you don't see it and then she comes up to me she goes oh you don't have faith to see it I said please and then she tries to give me a word uh, I have a word for you the Lord is sending you to start a church in Kuwait I said you suck that out of the book of imaginations don't come back to my conference again please and don't touch anybody here I'll have you thrown out somebody said you did that absolutely 100 percent. i have to protect the people first of all it's not even her platform we spent fifteen thousand dollars to put that meeting together you think i'm gonna let somebody come in there and, and, and turn it into their own platform it's not their place and then I, I i found her trying to give words to people and then i told the ushers escort her out and she was escorted out kicking and screaming and slapping one of the ushers oh that's the spirit you're made of yeah okay we see that When you confront jezebel that's when you really find out what spirit they're of because you'll know them by their fruits not by the words they give do they really have the character to submit do they have the character to honor authority the man of god and even the body of christ and and the word of god and and, and honor the fact that that's not even your conference you have no right to be there to weave your way in to do your own thing this is not do my own thing ministries international Is this helping anybody here today? Yes. And so we started to teach the word. And then of course, in the first couple of years of the church, I mean, every flake in town showed up. And I had to chase them away. Every disgruntled person, every person that was offended with some other person somewhere else, everyone looking for a position, trying to maneuver themselves into position. They come to me after the meeting. They say, oh, what a great church you have. That was wonderful. And then next, they give me their resume. I've done this, 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 this. this. I'm like, God bless you. Go home rejoicing. Because I know they're just looking for a position. Why are you giving me your resume? Why are you flattering me with flattering words that it's such a wonderful church? If you only knew the stuff that I have to deal with if you only knew how many people showed up here and had to be thrown out because they thought that they could just establish their parking lot ministry or (laughs) lobby ministry or restroom ministry you're sitting there on the commode and a hand comes out from under the divider (laughs) thus saith the Lord (laughs) pastor what do I do what do I do flush We have to protect our people because you have no idea how many witches warlocks and dubious people come into churches and pastors tolerate them don't protect the people and they wreak havoc they come sow seeds of discord divide slander gossip and draw people into their own little groups which i'm going to give you some scriptures let's go to first timothy chapter 4 verses one through two but the holy spirit distinctly and expressly declares that in the latter times some will turn away from the faith you have to be in the faith to turn away from it right how will they turn away from the faith giving attention to deluding and seducing spirits so there are spirits that come to delude or or seduce and how does seduction take place if you think about it seduction has to do with lust if, if somebody's lusting for a position if somebody's lusting for recognition if somebody's lusting for their gift to be seen or whatever they're lusting after some lusting for something they'll be easily seduced they'll turn away from the faith giving attention to deluding and seducing spirits and doctrines of demons or doctrines that demons teach because that's what doctrine is it's simply a teaching Through the hypocrisy and pretensions of liars whose consciences are seared or cauterized what is a seared conscience a seared conscience is insensitive what does that mean they can't be convicted they can't be corrected see if people are unteachable and uncorrectable then they can't stay because if gonna they're gonna insist on their own way they're gonna insist to do their own thing what's gonna happen is they're gonna become dividers and what is rebellion it's the sin of witchcraft witchcraft and Pastor Vincent if you if you missed that Sunday night you need to go watch that Sunday night when he dealt with charismatic witchcraft who was here last Sunday night you need to listen you need to go watch that message when you begin to deal with charismatic witchcraft and then I'll have him tell you what happened after that but it's something that you have to confront you have to confront these spirits because if you don't stay strong as a leader of a local church and anybody comes in you have to understand you're not always dealing with people you're dealing with spirits And if, if they don't want to let go of the spirit, because that spirit has to leave. Amen. It's either leaving with them or without them, but it's going to leave. Yeah. If they want to keep the passenger, they're leaving together. Yeah. Escort them. There is the exit. Yeah. But then they go out, but they still work, though, because there is social media, there's phones, and there's text, and they, they, they spin their web of lies and slander and and of course, you know, we know what goes on behind the scenes as pastors. We don't publicly come up and come out and say anything. We just love people, cover people, but they have the liberty to run their mouth. But you know what? If they're having the liberty to run their mouth, it might come a time where I may have to have the liberty to expose some things too. Don't get nervous. If you're not one of those, just smile. It's, it's okay, just smile. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the one next to you. I'm just teasing, I'm teasing, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the person that's not here, teasing. Go to Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20, verses 28 through 31. This is the apostle Paul speaking and this is actually his farewell address to the Ephesians church, Ephesian church, the Ephesian elders. Take care and be on guard for yourselves and the whole flock over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you bishops and guardians who appointed them Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit appointed them as overseers that's what the word Bishop is an overseer a guardian the elders to shepherd tend and feed and guide the church of the Lord Or of God, which he obtained for himself by buying it and saving it for himself with his own blood. I know that after I'm gone, ferocious wolves will get in among you, not sparing the flock. And this is a huge part of shepherding the flock is to constantly be watching over and to protect the flock. Because I cannot let them sneak in and start devouring people. Sometimes they're very sneaky. They'll sneak in. But I've gotten much better at identifying them over the years. That's why pastors need... One of the number one gifts pastors need is the, the discerning of, gift of discerning of spirits. It's a, it, because they'll come smiling, as it says, in sheep's clothes, but inside the ravenous, ravenous, ferocious wolves. Not sparing the flock. Even from among ourselves, men will come to the, for, to the front who, by saying perverse distorted or corrupt things, which is basically false doctrine, promoting false teachings, will endeavor to draw away the disciples after them to their own party. So their purpose is to draw people to themselves, draw them out of the flock to draw people to themselves. They don't draw people to Jesus. They draw, draw people to themselves. It's about them. And they'll weave their web of lies to entrap people. Therefore, will always be, Therefore, be always... Always be on alert and on your guard, being mindful that for three years I never stopped night or day seriously to admonish and advise and exhort you one by one with tears. So it says they will either come from outside or they'll come from inside. And the most dangerous, you know, they're always the one that's inside. And the devil never comes breathing fire like a dragon with a pitchfork. He comes carrying a Bible big enough to choke a donkey, shouting hallelujah in a three-piece suit. Making promises, propagating teachings, and, 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 and trying to establish relationships like Absalom sat at his father's city gate and, and started to build himself a little following. To take the throne away from his father but his end was not well go to Romans 16 17 and 18 is this helping anybody here today yes. all right let's look at this now Romans 6, 16 verses 17 through 18 we're looking at biblical warnings about deception and Jesus listen Jesus himself warned about the deception of the last days Apostle Paul is now warning Now look at what apostle paul says in romans chapter 16 verses 17 through 18 i appeal to you brethren to be on your guard once again be on your guard concerning those who create dissensions and difficulties and cause divisions in opposition to the doctrine the teaching again what are they they oppose sound doctrine they have bad teaching error i don't know some vision they had some angel that gave them some word or some conference they ran to and bought a book And now they that's the latest fad I'm just telling you how it is I've had to deal with people here I won't obviously point to any names or anything but you know several times I had one lady said pastor for for the last three nights I've, I've been tormented with dreams I'm having nightmares would you pray for me I was fine I said what happened three days ago well I went to a meeting what happened at the meeting? There was a bunch of people that laid hands on me. I said, who are they? I don't know. Why did you let them lay hands on you? I don't know. They were just laying hands on me. And, and ever since then, I've been tormented. And I put my hands on her. I broke the thing, and she was totally delivered. She said something left me, and then she slept very well after that. What happened? You don't know these people. That's why the Bible says, lay hands on no man suddenly, quickly. You don't know people. You don't know where those hands have been. I've been in places where... There, I, this was a group that came to Turkey to do a concert. And my wife and I, we went to this concert, a Christian concert, and then they turned it into like a laying on of hands ministry time afterwards. And, and uh, I, was, I went out to the outside, the, the bathroom was outside, like in a different building, and there's a bunch of people out there smoking cigarettes. Jeez. And then I came back, the same people were laying hands on people. I said to my wife, I said, we're getting out of here right now. If they come near me, I'm going to smack them. I went down to the Sean Foyt event here to see my friend Eddie James because he was going to minister for us. Orlando and I, Orlando was with me. We went there. We were on the backstage there. You have no idea how many people try to come lay hands on me in the middle of the thing. Yeah. One lady comes, I have healing in my hands. I want to put on. I said, I don't know who you are. Take those hands away from me. Yeah. One guy came and put his arm around me and said, hey, how you doing, brother? And I was like, I don't know you. Why are you putting your arm around me? And then he starts to try to pray. I said, take your hands off me, please. Stop praying for me. I don't know who you are. <laughs> somebody said, you despise prophecy? Yes. For when it comes that way, yes. That's right. Because I'm not going to have some, somebody I don't even know. Who knows who that is? Right. Yeah. He might have snorted cocaine in the back, back and come and now going to prophesy to me by cocaine. There's an evangelist that came to town actually showed up at our church. I know him, arrested for DUI multiple times. I know two pastors that try to restore him. And I found out that he showed up in Palm Beach. And he he was sitting over here in the back. And then Jessica texted me, said that somehow that he wanted to mentor uh, Caden. As a young evangelist, I said, who? When I heard it, I said, absolutely not. That guy is he is, he is gone. He just got arrested again. High on meth. Goes to churches, promoting that he's going to do some crusade in Africa and, and raising money. I chased him out of town. I said, you will not come back here. You think I'm playing games? You're going to come in and recruit a, a 16-year-old boy from my church to mentor him? Who knows what you're, going to, what you, what you're planning? Take your wickedness. You false evangelist, you, full of the devil, full of alcohol and meth. Are you kidding me? Oh, he's a great evangelist. Come here, brother. Grab the mic. Tell us what the Lord put on your heart. No. I know stuff. Trust me, please. I know a lot more than you know, and much of the stuff... I just you know I just everything's wonderful here you come and it's all wonderful because I handle it behind the scenes I appeal to you brethren to be on your guard concerning those who create dissensions difficulties and cause divisions in opposition to the doctrine the teaching which you have been taught I warn you to turn aside from them and avoid them so that's why we have to avoid them in my personal life I will avoid them if I know they're not right or obviously we will separate them from the flock because they, they have ulterior motives they have an agenda and they're not operating by a clean spirit because any kind of false doctrine is an unclean spirit they come from seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. so Well, it's just maybe, oh, they just don't know any better. Well, maybe they don't. If they're just kind of new, they don't know any better, okay, we'll we'll teach them. We'll help them. We'll correct them. And when they receive the correction, which many times they do, there was a teaching that we had to get a couple of our ladies delivered from because they were taught to follow signs. Signs. Look for signs. No, 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 no. We teach the opposite. We do not look for signs. We don't follow signs signs follow us so don't look for three birds to fly over your house as a, as a confirmation of something that's called putting out a fleece Gideon put out a fleece no no no, no. don't put don't look for external signs what people are teachable you help them but when they're not teachable and they start kicking and screaming because they love their pet doctrine then you have a problem they have to be separated For such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites and base desires. And by ingratiating and and flattering speech, they beguile the hearts of unsuspecting and simple-minded people. So my job is to protect the vulnerable, just like we have to protect children from sick pedophiles. And, and unfortunately church people are very trusting you know and they let people come in and do things like I told you there's a 43 old man now who identifies as a 10 year old in California and they're gonna let him play with the Little League baseball team I guarantee you that man is a sick pedophile give me that baseball bat I'll beat the devil out of him people have lost their minds But this is prevalent in the church. Major, once again, major scandals now. Major church leaders are having to step down. One for covering up his father's pedophilia. Another one for adultery. Mega churches. Mega churches around the world. Why? Because the laxadaisical attitude around the things of God. People have lost the fear of God. They've lost They've lost their way. They've they've lost their adherence to sound doctrine. They've gone with the culture of the world. Is this helping anybody here today? So if you say, Pastor, why do you throw them out? There it is right there. Romans 6, 16, 17 through 18. Why do you separate them? Bible says, mark those who cause dissensions and divisions among you. you got to mark them. That person is dangerous. Stay away from that. And it's okay to call them out by name. Paul said, Alexander the coppersmith has done me much harm. Stay away from him. So sometimes you gotta you gotta call people out. First Corinthians chapter five, verses eleven through twelve. First Corinthians five, eleven through twelve. But now I write to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of Christian brother, if he is known to be guilty of immorality or greed, or is an idolater whose soul is devoted to any object that usurps the place of God, or is a person with a foul tongue railing abusing abusing reviling slandering or a drunkard or a swindler or a robber no you must not so much as eat with such a person so that what does that mean avoid the appearance of evil if somebody has a bad reputation i mean obviously if i'm dealing with a christian that i'm trying to restore that's one thing but if if i know that a minister has a bad reputation you're not going to see me sitting at the table with that person I'm not going to be guilty by association because people people think the worst, you know. You got to avoid the appearance of evil. If it looks bad, it's it's going to look bad because perception is reality for people. Yeah. So you got to you got to make sure that you protect your life. Amen. You know. What business of mine is it that is it and what right have I to judge outsiders? It's a question is it not those inside the church upon whom you are to pass disciplinary judgment passing censuring sentence on them as the facts acquire so yes when we have the facts because he's you judging me yes yes you shall not judge yes I will Bible tells me to judge if you're a drunkard high on meth I just judged you and threw you out. Now, if you want deliverance, we'll try to help you. But I know that guy, 15 years, I'm not going to be the next pastor who tries to help me. I'm not even touching that thing with a 10-foot, 10-foot ball. Go somewhere else. I'm not trying to help you. Because you you're not coming here for help. You're coming here for money. We got no money for you. slanderous gossiper you judging me what that we had this one lady in the Istanbul she came to me She said, pastor everybody gossips about me I said I love you but let me tell you you are the biggest gossiper in our church you reap what you sow if you will repent they'll stop gossiping about you and you know what she stopped gossiping sometimes you got to give people the hard truth in love I love you but I need to help you here What do you think I'm gonna say? Just keep on gossiping? Oh Lord, let me pray for her. Everybody's gossiping over her. Please have mercy on her. No, she needs to stop gossiping. I gotta tell her the truth. Because I wanna hear the truth. I don't wanna be lied to and stay in bondage. Amen. Galatians 1 8. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you another gospel contrary to and different from what we preach to you, let him be accursed, anathema, devoted to destruction, doomed to eternal punishment. Strong words again. That's the side of Jesus who made a whip. (laughs) Not the side that took the lamb under his arm and speaking... Elizabethan English, (laughs) verily, verily I say unto thee. (laughs) Second Thessalonians chapter three, verses six through fifteen. Now we charge you, brethren, in the name of, in the name and on the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ the Messiah, that you withdraw and keep away from every brother, fellow believer who slack in the performance of duty and disorderly living living as a shirker not walking in accordance in accord with the traditions and instructions that you have received from us for you yourselves know how it is necessary to imitate our example for we are not disorderly or shirking of duty when we were with you we were not idle Amen. nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it but with toil and struggle we work night and day that we might not be a burden or impose on any of you for our support i will never misuse my position to usurp money from people i will not make people do things for me i offer to pay them most of the time they don't want me to pay them but that's their prerogative but i am not i'm not gonna walk around like a king that everybody's here to serve me and do things for me and i'm gonna put things on people I walk by faith. I'm blessed. Now, it's good for people to bless their pastor. That should come from a willing heart. And that's very important to do that. That's a part of the culture that we need to have. But but also in leadership, you can't impose things on people. You can't make people do things for you personally. I don't like that. To me, that's unethical. Okay? And and that's a fine line you got to walk. It was not because we do not have a right to such support, but we wish to make ourselves an example for you to follow. For while we were yet with you, we gave you this rule and charge if anyone will not work, neither let them eat. <laughs> Pretty simple. Indeed, we hear that some among you are disorderly, that they are passing their lives in idleness, neglect of duty. Being busy with other people's affairs yeah. instead of their own and doing no work. Yeah. Those are dangerous or those people are, let me say, in a dangerous place because if you have nothing to do, you're idle, you're going to have a lot of time to run your mouth. Yeah. Be so busy that you don't have any time for anybody else's business. If your business is other people's business, that's wrong. Somebody just realized they did not come to a seeker-friendly coffee shop (laughs) church today. Donuts, cotton candy, and popcorn. Now we charge and exhort such persons as ministers in him exhorting those in the Lord Jesus Christ the Messiah that they work in quietness and earn their own food and other necessities. And as for you, brethren, do not become weary or lose heart in doing right, but continue in well in well-doing without weakening. But if anyone in the church refuses to obey what we say in this letter, take note of that person and do not associate with him, so that he may be ashamed. Wow. We've gotten so far from that. That's why we got churches full of people that just don't live right. right. We don't bring in the correction and discipline. In love, again, I'm not talking about, this is not some, you know, legalistic, religious, oppressive thing I'm talking about. I'm talking about just simply helping people change and grow. And they're going to need to have, eat some humble pie and take a truth pill. (laughs) They're going to need to have, take the red pill. Do not regard him as an enemy, but simply admonish and warn him as being still a brother. So we do need to do that. Then go to Titus chapter 3, verse 10. As for a man who is factious, a heretical sectarian, and cause of divisions, after admonishing him a first and a second time, reject him from your fellowship and have nothing more to do with him. Wow. So there is a time to separate people who are. Promoting false doctrine, drawing people onto themselves, sowing seeds of discord among the brethren, being idle talkers and gossipers and slanderers, doing nothing, being busy with everybody else's business, and stirring up trouble, spreading rumors and lies, and poisoning other people. You have to separate those people to maintain health and unity in the church, in the body. And final last but not least 2nd John chapter 9 verses 2nd uh, 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 John 9 3, 11. sorry there's no chapters 2nd John 9 3, 11. anyone who runs on ahead of God and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ who is not content with what he taught does not have God but he who continues to live in the doctrine and teaching of Christ does not have God he has both the father and the son or does have God He has both the father and the son if anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine is disloyal to what jesus christ taught do not receive him do not accept him do not welcome or admit him into your house or bid him godspeed or give him any encouragement for he who wishes him success who encourages him wishing him godspeed is a partaker in his evil doings wow that is strong so if you know someone is a false minister, false apostle, false prophet, false evangelist, false pastor, false teacher. And they are propagating false doctrines. And they, they are greedy for selfish gain. They're manipulative. They're controlling. And they want to draw people onto themselves. They want to divide. You got to stay away from them and mark them. And the Bible says, don't even say, hey, God bless you. Because anathema, double curses on them. And how can you bless what God has cursed? Thank you for tuning into my podcast. I hope that you have been blessed. I would like for you to consider two things. Number one, subscribe to our show to receive notifications of our new podcasts. Number two, support our ministry of reaching the nations with revival by clicking on the link in the description or visiting our website riverwpb.com thank you for tuning in. Look forward to you joining our next podcast. God bless you.